Hi, this is Janesh. And this is Pranab. You're tuned in to the 30 Minute Hustle podcast. Then I was going to go for an MBA in 2017. I appeared for CAT, CMAT, SNAP, MICAT, CET. And I was going to go to a B school in India. Uh-huh. And just when I was about to take that 16, 18 lakh rupee loan for, for my education, people told me I, I had already finished some mountaineering courses and was spending good enough time in Ladakh and people told me you seem to be much happier in the Himalayas. So I thought Everest could be a substitute to my MBA that it would teach me more life lessons and while fundraising those 55-60 lakh rupees, $70,000, I would learn more than what any B-School would teach me. Hey folks, welcome back to the 30 Minute Hustle and thanks so much for tuning in. This week we have uh, Harshwadhan Joshi who has scaled Mount Everest while battling COVID and two cyclones during his expedition. He's a sustainability advocate and an endurance athlete. We had so much fun having him on and learning so much about grit and determination through his journey and stories. We hope you enjoy it too and keep following us. Thank you so much for joining us on the 30 Minute Hustle today and you know, really privileged to have this conversation and super excited to see how this unfolds and me and Janesh have been very excited on your journey personally and it's it's quite inspiring and let's get to the the deepest point of this conversation and over to you Ash, just give us a, a small introduction about yourself and you can keep it as candid as possible. I am just another IT engineer by education. Uh, endurance athlete by passion and sustainability advocate by compassion. A lot into mountaineering and I have climbed a few small and big mountains among which one of the most prominent ones was Mount Everest last year. Uh, I was the leader of an international expedition team at Mount Everest and during that expedition uh, I encountered COVID, I contracted COVID uh, 40 days into the expedition and then we battled two cyclones so uh, I had some fun there I had some misadventure with which came greater learnings uh, and yeah that's my story hey by the way a few small mountains <laughs> yeah a few like uh, I I also started small I think everyone starts small and we we gotta stay humble right uh, you know one of the things we like asking people is that where did where did all this start like um, you know, when you were a kid, was it something that you had something in your mind or was it just very organic? You just wanted to sort of start off with something small and then just grew. So tell us from where all this really started for you, Harsh. No, a lot of people who meet me today think that I was always an athletic kid or an outdoorsy guy. I never ran even 100 meters till I turned 18. Uh, a lot of people would be surprised, but yeah, back in school when I would tell my parents that, hey, I want to play football or I want to go for this summer camp, they would be like, oh, why do you want to run under the sun and pay for it? Coming from a lower middle class family, you know, sports is not the priority. And now there is much more awareness. So I don't I don't blame anyone for that. But yeah, we only focused on academics. And then I started working when I was 15. So my one of my first clients was a group of doctors. And they took me for a hike to a nearby wildlife sanctuary. They were avid trekkers. I train every day at that sanctuary today. Uh, and 
they invited me to everest base camp back then i didn't know what's everest base camp i knew everest is the highest peak on earth and they told me that okay it is an expense of around 80000 rupees and i was like no because i have never i had never traveled in my life and then i got busy with my engineering chasing materialistic goals and teenage stuff and during second year of engineering uh, i was bored a little lost and i saw someone's facebook picture of some snow around i was just getting into backpacking because i had saved enough and most of my friends did not have the independence or the resources to go with me so i was i started traveling solo and soon i read somewhere that real beauty begins where roads end so i signed up for a trek and then i realized first it was just because of my thirst to explore or travel but then i realized that adventure travel is a much richer learning experience and much better views so i got hooked to it and i knew i would climb everest someday so i worked towards it going on your first trek in your probably in your hometown and then climbing everest how long did that take you so when i started i thought i would do it 15 20 years later uh, because usually that is when people have the resources to climb everest and the experience uh, so i thought okay i i would become a brand manager for decathlon or something save enough money and go there Uh, but instead yeah i took 7 years uh, i was planning to get done with it in 2020 but due to the pandemic my expedition was cancelled and postponed so yeah i took 7 years overall because i i enjoyed the journey and i climbed uh, many more mountains on the way to increase my probability of success as well as safety uh, harsh you know when you start off you always have this everyone has this idea of okay it's only this many years you also said that only 15 20 years i i i'll probably do it so i'm sure that sort of changed when you saw things around you and and what was your first mindset then and what sort of molded your mindset as you started uh, thinking that there is a probability of doing it i always knew that i would do it i didn't know how the journey would be like it it definitely cannot be easy if it's easy then <coughs> it won't be fun or everyone would be doing it no i never had any thoughts that this is how it would be like i just focused on the process i trusted the process i did everything that i could do to get closer to goal to the goals so of every mountain which i was climbing before it every job which i was refusing or every opportunity which i was taking everything was taking me closer to everest every conversation which i was having but yeah i so everest was not the end goal so this this is a clarity i had that it's just a stepping stone it is one of the many mountains and even at everest like i'll tell you more about it uh, in in the coming time but many people just be focused on the top just on the summit which is not even 1% of the expedition you don't spend much time there and it's not the happiest moment of your life most of the lessons the happiness the views are during the climb in the journey and not even those two months by journey not the two months which we spent climbing but the years of prep and the journey climbing the financial mountain training for it preparing for it giving your best and still knowing that there is a high probability that you might not even get a chance to climb even half of it 
and it could be something which is not even in your hands it could be an earthquake it could be an avalanche so all you can do is just give your best so since the start i knew that and that is why i didn't have to do a lot of calculations that way i just had to focus on what can i do about it so all this leads me to ask you a question when you were so much younger and i'm sure a lot of kids at that age struggle with with clarity of thought and you're going to keep getting no's from a lot of place so i i i can see that you were a little more matured for that age how <laughs> did, how did you deal with those no's cuz the minute at that age someone says no you you don't know where to go and you don't know where to find it inside you to to sort of fight it no. so how did trust you deal me, with the no trust me i am the most confused person on earth even today for real if you talk to me for an hour you will be like this man is crazy but <laughs> yeah having that positive approach that mindset helps uh having the growth mindset really helps that you want to keep falling forward so i don't know about knows because i did not ask a lot of people i always informed uh, first thing with family people think that oh your parents are so cool but i did not give them a chance i became independent i had my money there there was nothing for them to stop me and i gained their trust i they saw the process they saw how i put in the work and they know how much i love myself so uh, and i am not so brave so they knew that i am never going to do anything stupid or uh, i i'll take risk but calculated risk so that was the thing about knows and about people i know it it gets to me as well as i'm growing older society and stuff but then you should also see that 99% of the people on earth are not successful neither happy so you cannot think of what those mainstream 99% people are thinking and everyone's journey is different so for some people climbing everest might be getting that first job for some people it's starting their own business for some people it's getting a basic graduate degree from any tier 3 school so yeah everyone's journey is different you just need to figure out what you want and why you want it for me i still don't know what exactly what i want to do till the day i die in all these years while i was trying different stuff i am at least getting the clarity that what i don't want to do and what are my priorities what works for me like 5 years ago i would want to live in a city like new york and i'm still moving to the us but i am like no schools in new york no schools in san francisco i am i am looking at b schools in college town where i can go for a run peacefully and everyone stays in a stone throw distance so whenever i am bored i can get people around me drunk for entertainment <laughs> there's a everybody's journey is different right like as you rightly said and each one has his own mountain to climb be it personal or be it the actual everest so we are all moving forward and marching towards that so so understanding where you came from right a small town boy uh from a middle class family trying to go to everest training your ass off and you know getting to the top and then covid hits you and uh then uh your everest uh term gets pushed and you go and run a triathlon right who the hell thinks like that like if the mountains are closed i go run a triathlon so what is what what has been that moving factor for you which uh i would say what has been the what is grit to you just that i want to promote fear as a motivation but i always had this thought process that i don't want to die average 
and it's okay to be average you have to be happy but for me i was like no i i want to chase goals but not just materialistic goals it can be expensive but there needs to be some struggle and hard work with which comes a greater journey so although triathlon is a very expensive sport or mountaineer is mountaineering is an expensive sport it's not like you can just throw 10 crores 50 crores and get it done you have to struggle you have to sweat you have to uh, you have to like gasp for breath in front of many people and leave your ego aside and realize a lot of things about yourself and about the universe and how even if you are barack obama you are nobody on earth like you are not even 0.001% so it was always the learnings that oh i want to give it a try and i always uh, so it was not like very immature or how i would think that hey i want to do it competitively i realized that that is very difficult coming from a country like india and starting so late i was practical but i want to be the best version of myself and i at least want to be uh, do it very passionately so reach the epitome of whatever i do so i i always had that in mind and for mountaineering or for any trekker who doesn't want to experience the journey to the highest point on earth and witness the view from the top of the world so that was my motivation for everest similarly for triathlons i realized that it involves a lot of scientific structured training where i would learn a lot of data analytics i would learn a lot about myself and it would develop discipline and it matches my sport although mountaineering is a two month sport uh, where even after your summit uh, you take 15 days to get down you don't take a shower for at least a month and uh, you are you are living at the edge of the world whereas in a marathon or a triathlon when you cross that ironman finish line there are people waiting for you with towels and then there's a fancy massage and a five star buffet so it's very different that way but the training is the same both are big volume long duration low intensity sports so uh, you need to be able to sustain in an aerobic heart yeah. rate zone for a very long time and yeah i i realize that i enjoy those stuff much more even today like i i don't look very fit or at least not muscular by any chance but i i realize that this is the real stuff at least for me so similarly Absolutely. in everything uh, i tried different stuff something might work out something might not even today i try many different sports i recently learned to fly paraglide and i have a strong fear of heights so i cannot look down from any of the summits or even from my balcony from my first floor balcony so that's why i thought let's give it a try and uh, sorry i i can't fly solo i did a few flights but it doesn't help with the fear of heights so <laughs> i i'm going to live with it going at it head on right uh, harshan and you know, you are climbing everest and you know you've been training for it walk us through the journey because the closest thing i've understood about climbing in everest is reading bear grills book on climbing the everest or probably watching nims porja on it right so tell us about the journey what was your first climb like the hard moments you faced in these first climbs for you to eventually go to uh, uh, to the everest right and you're one of the first person to enter into the everest you know in a different direction if i'm not wrong as far as what i've uh, read so tell us about that journey so yeah every climb was different uh, every climb was 
difficult in a different way and everest was not my toughest climb i climbed some other mountains which were more difficult or every mountain on a different day is a different experience all together uh, for example there's a peak in ladakh a 6000 a easy 6000 which i have climbed 11 times i used to even work as a mountain guide over there uh, and i have performed a rescue out there and two years later in 2018 while i was leading an expedition for uh, an indian air force team encountered high altitude pulmonary edema which is a high altitude sickness there was fluid in my lungs my spo2 dropped to 49% and i had to be rescued so i did have some near death experiences that way in the mountains i but yeah that's not the most difficult part that's just a situation which we encounter the struggle can be different like on some mountains we had 20 hour summit pushes sometimes we would continuously walk for 40 hours like like at everest and throughout the journey i think the most difficult part is taking the first step deciding that you are going to do it and then taking that leap of faith and you still don't know if it's going to work out or not if you are going to be successful or not uh, sacrificing a lot on my career and professional part was difficult because until second third year i thought that i would study ms in us because that's the easiest most straightforward way for a mainstream indian to aim for a better life and then i was going to go for an mba in 2017 i appeared for cat cmat snap mycat cet and i was going to go to a b school in india uh and just when i was about to take that 16 18 lakh rupee loan for for my education people told me i i had already finished some mountaineering courses and was spending good enough time in ladakh and people told me you seem to be much happier in the himalayas so i thought everest could be a substitute to my mba that it would teach me more life lessons and while fundraising those 55 60 lakh rupees 70000 dollars i would learn more than what any b school would teach me so the climbing the financial everest was very difficult and for most people yeah that is the most difficult part but for me i did struggle a lot but for me the purpose was something else uh, i did it for learning so i enjoyed it although it was very stressful but like whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger so the learnings which i got from it there's nothing which i would change about any of the experiences any of the situations good or bad i had in the past 10 15 years so tell us a little bit about how you started off with your whole fundraising um, journey you know lots of people want to climb everest maybe they can get pointers from you <laughs> and, and raising funds is one of the hardest things to do like you know it's like yes. running running a startup and you you are uh, finding money for uh, you know sponsoring your adventure and you and you're a young chap who's trying to do this so what 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 does it like what is the so it like? is like you so and when was your first check okay so i started my fundraising process only in 2019 before that for two years or so i i was just taking notes and planning my campaign on how would i want it to be because since it was my mba i i wanted it to be so good the campaign that even if a sponsor doesn't give me any money he should feel like oh my flag should have been up there with this guy 
So I tried to do that, but since I have no organizational experience, I never worked in a corporate nor I come from a family where anyone is was into marketing or to to guide me. I just used the internet, watched, observed people, spoke to a lot of people, read a few books, a lot of blogs about fundraising. It is very sketchy. Like even for startup founders, it is it is just like a startup. Uh, in fact, most things in life. uh can draw parallels from climbing mountains as well as fundraising uh and entrepreneurship of course so there's no practical reason why anyone would give you money especially in crowdfunding and at least 50% of my climb was crowdfunded like a little over 23 lakh so there were instances uh when someone gave at least 10 people gave me over 1 lakh rupees and at least 9 of them have never met me till date even today <laughs> they don't have time for me or they think i am too busy or whatever but i i'm grateful to them and even among them there were one two people and everyone would tell me that hey he's never going to give you anything and when they donated out of nowhere two three months later uh, most of my fundraising was online people would be like oh my god i am so happy for that guy because that chap is just 27 year old from a simple family and he he is the one who would not even spend 10 rupees on a rickshaw 4 years ago and today he donated such a huge amount in your campaign so something touched him and the reason why he donated might be very different from someone else who donated that same amount and similarly there are some people who gave me 500 rupees but for them that 500 must be more than 2 lakh for someone else there were literally some people from whom i didn't want that money because their folks were in the hospital or they are going through some fatal uh, healthcare treatment but they took pride to participate in my campaign similarly with sponsorships and with all of this i had read something very interesting somewhere because one of my friend was also fundraising for going to antarctica that fundraising is like chasing a girl who is not interested in you who doesn't doesn't want to talk to you and you you want to convince her for a date so <laughs> yeah if if you can fundraise even 50000 rupees maybe not for yourself but for some ngo for some cause you should definitely do it because it teaches a lot about life a lot about people a lot about networking and yeah so for me i don't know what worked out for me but yeah one thing which i liked about my approach and i was sort of privileged to have was that i always told people i am anyways going to go there even if i have to take a loan or i might mortgage my parents house and my parents were supportive <laughs> so and not that i was going to get anything out of everest right you don't you don't get money after you come back or there's nothing which changes many people assume that oh you 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 are going to be a popular guy or that also brings money but it's not like that fame and all is temporary so uh it, one should not have a shallow goal but understanding the why why they are doing it so for me many different things which worked out for me in crowdfunding as well as sponsorship and my campaign was named sangharsh mission mount everest because even back then i had a very strong network uh, including a global network so i had some 10 20000 people on social media i named this campaign sangharsh explaining the campaign that it's a sanskrit word which means 
struggle or conquest and this is the story of harsh's sangharsh to reach from zero feet near mumbai to the highest point on earth 29035 feet while creating awareness about something i care about sustainability so, and then i developed my own fundraising website being an engineer and i saved a lot of money there i learned a lot of things there i had interns and everything so it was it was a fun journey so we'll we'll get into the whole uh, the, the whole initiative and what you're passionate about as well but um, one thing that i wanted to really ask you about is lots of people talk about just one person going to emirates i don't think it's one person it's probably the the entirety of people who helped you and who were with you on the climb and your team so tell us some stories about people who have sort of inspired you in this journey and things that really have has taught you what your mba didn't teach you but everest taught you hmm. i'm going to take some time to think of any one person or story because there were at least a few thousand people who were a part of this journey although my donors were just 130 every other person like there there are a thousand pieces of equipment involved and in the past 5 years like i might have hitchhiked over 100 times so every person who gave me a lift every person who even without my knowledge might have helped me somewhere on this journey similarly at everest as well out there even even someone pushing you with a finger like this with just 1% force actually helps a lot uh, because every gram matters and you actually feel the push so even out there so many people might have done something for someone and it is hard to pick any one person but if i have to go back like way back 7 8 years so it was that group of doctors which took me for a hike because few years later when i was getting into trekking i just messaged them on facebook that hey i want to go for a trek guide me come over to the hospital one of those guys dr sanjay bevega he's still a good friend he's a pathologist and he offered me his gear because he knew that i could not afford or invest and yeah i i took his gear i read a few books landed by him and i showed up for trek so he always mentored me brought in a positive optimistic perspective inside me because he also has a incredible underdog story so yeah he's one guy uh, even when i told him that i might climb everest 5 uh, 6 years later he was like why not now just get done with it and he was like if you are going there i'll offer you 1 lakh so he was the first person and back then yeah 1 lakh was a very big amount especially for a guy like me when today it's a decent amount uh, and back then i thought nobody else will give me that kind of money and he would have given even 10x the amount if i wanted or if i asked so yeah he was one guy who was always there for me and he does the same for hundreds of people although he is not so so rich but he has that heart so i took inspiration from him and, and there I, are I think yeah i think i think it's very important for people to also know that there are a lot of people who are behind the person who's harsh and and those people don't need yes. to be celebrated as well and like i am also paying it forward they yeah. are doing it for me because they see something that i might be able to create an impact yeah. so seven of my mentees climbed everest this year yeah. and usually my job is to help people climb their metaphorical everest yeah. but surprisingly many people are also 
using my story or whatever little guidance to go and climb the real Everest. Uh, so yeah, there were a thousand people behind me and now I'm going to create another 10,000 people who are going to pay it forward. So Harsh, like interesting, like, you know, like power of people, power of uh, a tribe coming together, your team of doctors. And if you look back and you, and you think you've achieved a peak, which peak would you resonate to? Like, you know, which, which re- really left you that mark? I think Everest, uh, because there are some other mountains which were more difficult, some were not so successful. But yeah, Everest was the highest, so it gets the credit. And for me, yeah, it's not that Everest which I climbed, but my own Everest, the metaphorical Everest. And I had already climbed that in the journey, in the prep. So I used to tell this to my friends that I'm going there just to experience the climb. Then some other friends give me the same reflection that when I got COVID, I was calling people and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do now? And it's obviously over. I had to cancel at that time and stay 11 days in isolation. And they told me that, Hush, for us, you have already climbed Everest. So don't worry about it. So yeah, it was mostly the metaphorical Everest. I might call it Sangharsh. And for peak, since Everest was the highest so far, I would say Everest. But going forward, I'm going to climb more difficult mountains and use lessons from this journey to get even better at peaks like Kanchenjunga, the highest peak of India, and few other remote unclimbed mountains in Zanskar uh, or in Tibet. Tell us about a lot about, let's get personal, right? Let's speak about your mental uh, regime and you know how you motivate yourself. Tell us about your ups and downs and what was the biggest crash like and how you came up probably from a mental perspective. So I think the biggest Uh, mental health issues I had must have been during the first lockdown because I had taken a loan back then I had not raised the entire amount and then the world is falling apart you don't know if if I, I was thinking that I might have to sell my bike to feed myself although my parents would feed me I was overthinking but the things which I was seeing around so that was difficult and I had my deposit in Nepal. I didn't know when the situation would improve. People were dying and I was not working out. So first one, two weeks, I was very motivated that thousand skips every morning, thousand, two thousand. Once I even climbed uh, the elevation of Everest in the stairs inside my house, which was covered by Times of India. But then I got lazy. I, 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 I was just not working out. I did not have a treadmill. I was being a responsible citizen, not going outside. And anyways, they were not delivering treadmills or indoor bikes or anything. So those two, three months were difficult for me. And that is why I did that Ironman 70.3 distance triathlon on World Mental Health Day to show the world that, okay, I also learned to swim long distance only in July that to uh, in a friend's pool, fortunately. And I got a second-hand bike from Kolkata, delivered to Mumbai, and I did all of that to do that race, just to show that there are many people who did great stuff in lockdown as well. I know of friends who had never worked out in 30 years and came out with eight-pack abs after the pandemic. That too with just a yoga mat. So you don't need those fancy dumbbells or the machine or anything. You just need the intent. So yeah, like like I told you, I am very lazy as well. 
but every morning when i wake up i feel like not going for the run uh sleeping that extra 15 minutes of half an hour which won't even be quality sleep but i ask myself that what will i thank myself for 5 years later or even a week or two later is it that uh, going for that run or sleeping those extra 15 minutes and obviously that gives me the answer or motivation to go and the first step is most important so if you put on your shoes and tie laces then it's never that you are going to go back to bed you are going to show up in the gym or you are going to go for that run so taking the first step is most important which i try to emphasize upon so for me lockdown was a very difficult situation when i got covid at everest and that was obviously very very different ball game altogether but i won't talk about it because i don't want to just focus on everest it would be like uh, <laughs> too cliche but at everest there were multiple moments like once i slipped and fell on a dead body uh and uh, while going up i ignored all the dead bodies because it can play with your brain and you don't want to end up like them and then while i was coming down uh, there was a bottleneck on a ridge at the hillary step where the famous picture comes from that everest is too crowded it's not it's just that 100 meters where only one person can cross at once and in the entire year we get hardly one or two days to make it there the weather window and due to climate change the storms and everything so out there while i was coming down i i was i had my safety uh, sling uh, roped in into the fixed rope but i slipped and fell on him and i got up and i was like oh my god if i die up here my mom's going to kill me so <laughs> so i was and i told my sherpa that hey just increase my oxygen flow let's get down faster and because i was climbing i was attempting another peak as well i wanted to do a record attempt i couldn't attempt that because a storm was coming in and i just retreated to a lower camp and i got stuck at that camp but which was relatively safe so i was stuck there for 6 days alone because my team was not there with me that time uh, they attempted summit a week before that when i was down with covid so yeah out there there were some places where there was an avalanche just beside me uh, one of my sherpas like he was my sherpa in 2019 at another 7000 meter peak who had climbed everest five times he died this year that too at a relatively safer part of everest so yeah almost every day i had such situations staying at strong helps and similarly in the journey uh, usually people only encouraged me but yeah there were obviously people who tried to make fun of me demean me especially when i was crowd funding and stuff but yeah i didn't let that get the best of me i just focused on on making people inspire feel inspired or jealous whatever yeah during the fundraising i had some moments and similarly like in 2016 17 when i would go backpacking there were times when i would skip meals so that i could save and spend more time in the mountains climb mountains i don't recommend doing those stuff 
and i also didn't really have to do it like i always had some emergency expenses in my bank and if i would call any of my friends or family they would definitely help me out but yeah i i did make a lot of those choices but i never really i was never really sad about anything i was just enjoying because i knew that i am so young that at that time having money or doesn't not having money doesn't matter a lot you have the energy you have the time you have the learning capacity and i was making the most of it today as i grow a little older i turns 26 so today i have money i have almost everything but not time so i value those experiences so much that when i went to everest base camp in 2019 i enjoyed that trip more than the one i enjoyed in 2021 of climbing everest because back then i had no money we were two friends me and a friend from iit and we carried like 20 kgs we carried 50 sneakers uh so because sneakers up there are very expensive like because it's going on someone's back so that 30 rupees sneaker or 50 rupees sneaker would be as much as 500 at some places or even more and i was not eating those my friend wanted to eat those we wanted to save money and since he was slower i carried it for him and then we would skip lunch almost every day and we would split that sneaker so still we had fun and we made so many friends out there yeah on the route because there were so many europeans americans like us so yeah i did make a lot of sacrifices but since i knew why i am doing it it was not really a sacrifice it was just an experience yeah so all this happened there was the most difficult part for me was uh yeah sometimes i i lost my pets uh back home and i couldn't come back home once while training just Three months before Everest in January on third January twenty twenty one, so three days before that my cat got injured in a cat fight, and then I had to take him to the hospital two hours away, and then for next three days I would wake up at five six I would go there and stand the entire day, in a very shitty place because you know the animal healthcare in India is almost non-existent, and then I had to put him to sleep. and even in those days those were the only days when i skipped training one or two days i came home and i i tried going for a run even at 11 and it actually did help running is like meditation for me but yeah that was very very difficult for me so yeah i don't shy away from sharing any of these it was not like all a rose yeah. and it was not even so bad i know people go through much worse during the pandemic many people lost their loved ones and stuff so yeah there there were endless sacrifices but with which comes a greater journey and greater experience yes and tell us more about you know losing uh, your fellow climber prop or the sherpa and you know you lost him recently yeah. climbing yeah. everest you cross bodies as well so what is death to you and you know what do you think it can teach you and how did you what is your view on death Sherpa friend, he did not die in front of me. He was my personal Sherpa at another peak a few years ago, and this year he was guiding someone else. He had already climbed Everest, and he he died at the most unexpected place. It's called a football field, a huge glacier with no visible crevasses. Crevasses are holes like valleys on a ground, 
and at one place he just unclipped myself to attend nature's uh, himself to attend nature's call he went 10 feet outside the trail where there is a 2 km wide valley a snow valley and then he did his business while he was coming back he didn't come the same path he came directly to join the rope and in between there was a hidden crevasse there, there was a snow bridge so he just disappeared his body was recovered uh, but 100 feet below in i don't know minus 40 degrees celsius he he probably died immediately uh, so that was it this was a very 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 rare scenario like okay it happens with one person every two years at everest and it must be occurring with many other people in switzerland and other places uh, another thing about dead bodies on everest so usually all dead bodies are already recovered they take a year because if if someone if i die up there this year the weather window is already going to close so next year three four other people are going to risk their lives and bring your body down which is at least as of now covered by most insurance otherwise the climbers families have to pay for it earlier there were some people who would be like hey if i die just let me be there there were some people who would not inform their families some bodies have not been recognized some people have fallen at such places that their bodies are missing so right now there are very very few bodies on everest but yeah there are so on my way there were four out of which two were from this year and one was a very 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 old one at a place where it cannot be uh, retrieved from the one which i fell on so he he's probably there since maybe two or three decades he or she uh, so yeah this is the thing uh, other bodies will be recovered and yeah it's a sad thing but there's nothing which you can do about it and you never know why he is up there there's there, there's a very less probability that you will end up in the same situation maybe he was there because he was too tired and he did not turn around maybe he did not listen to his guide maybe his oxygen system stopped working but he was like oh my god i have mortgaged my house and my farm and i have to i have to go it's so close so this is one thing which which a lot of indians especially do unfortunately i understand the financial pressure which we come from i also can relate to it at least to some extent but yeah many indians go there on suicide missions and they i have because i was the leader of a team i have seen this happening uh, almost a person from my team dying because when her sherpa told her that let's go back you won't be able to make it back alive she was like you can go back if you want i am not turning around and she is unable to take a single step and out then she was dragged for two days by him and i was telling that guy oh, his walkie talkie ran out but i was just wishing i could tell him that he please just leave her alone let's not lose two people because of one's uh, mistake or one's choice so this is what a lot of indians popularly do if you just google the news every year on 8000 s indians die for very avoidable reasons so even at everest in fact even internationals who are dying which are very few every year at least 50% are indians uh, most of it is not because of a fall but because of fatigue or something and that is because you did not prepare enough here so obviously i also get tired but i at least i am able to make out whether it is 
fatal or it is just because i am climbing a difficult mountain and how much can my body push so there's no such thing as over preparing for any mountaineering objective but yeah over prepare and go with the flow and do it patiently like invest a lot of years don't try to do anything in just a year or with less experience which is a trend i have some friends who have done great stuff that way but then they dedicated a lot more time and resources in that year they took two guides instead of one so that if things go south and they were ready to turn around and then if everything is going well and you have low winds and a lucky day then yeah you can climb and a lot of people see that oh he has done it i can do more bench press than him or i can run a few more kilometers than him then i can also do it but when things go south uh, these are the first ones to die or get stuck in traffic and stuff like that so these are some observations which i have experienced at everest and other mountains and yeah what does death mean to you i don't know i i don't think about that i don't want to die <laughs> <laughs> i might die aise to kal ho na but i don't think i'm dying anytime soon to think about death but while i am living uh, if i think about death my only fear would be like oh my god there's so much left to do yeah and um, let's let's talk about your routine right like because you're you're preparing yourself for this endurance and be it your lifestyle be it the uh, journey you're taking in your profession what are your routines like how does your day to day routine look like so before everest it was like i would wake up in the morning do my training for that day which can be a steep uphill hike for 1 hour or it can be a long endurance hike for 3 hour or a trail run or a recovery run it would be different 6 days of a week and one day was a recovery day then in the evening i would go for a swim just just to improve my swimming for triathlon training and because it helps with you you with recovery and between that for 8 hours i would write emails i wrote a thousand <laughs> emails to get <laughs> 10 responses uh, and one of them got on a call with me and fortunately i converted that call so yeah i wrote a little more than 1000 emails and then uh, after 1000 i became so efficient that out of 10 5 would respond to me uh, and one would come back with an offer so yeah that was my full time job managing that campaign the social media the outreach the sponsorships the fundraising the website and i thoroughly enjoyed it and that is when i realized that i want to enter the corporate world and i i enjoy working 40 hours a week at least and i am still able to have a good work life balance so now now my uh, Uh, now my life is very boring i do run i do train but i don't go and climb mountains most of the time i do take some mini trips like last month i was flying in beer and working out of there i'm working on my book so so yeah the training is the same but not in the mountains i'm investing that time in indoor bike training or running because i don't have an immediate difficult mountaineering goal approaching so it all depends on the target uh, if four months later i am running a marathon i'll train as per that if one and a half year later which i am planning to do i am planning to climb another 8000 without supplemental oxygen so i will change my plan from october catering to that activity oriented training target specific training 
and apart from that yeah i just work which most people do but i try to be more disciplined i don't use whatsapp i don't have instagram app or facebook app on my phone yeah i go to sleep by 9:30 10 wake up at 5:36 naturally whenever my body wakes up uh, i do attend at least one party every week uh, although i don't drink anymore i do attend like 20 meetings every week fortunately 15 of them are on zoom right now i <clears throat> divide all my time weekly so 10 hours are for my book book every week uh, 10 hours are for learning for a academic course 10 hours are for personal learning or reading and now i listen to audio books so although i am living the Because... time of my life yeah. i'm listening to i'm finishing at least two books every month and a few podcasts about anything which i care about like these days it's a lot around product management product marketing entrepreneurship those are my favorite topics because i am done listening to enough self help books and <laughs> discipline and habit building books <laughs> and it's not working i, yeah. <laughs> I because i know you just pick a difficult mountain and you will yeah. find all the discipline you need yeah. i can see that that you know self help books are are of no use for you now cuz you're like a self help book right now <laughs> yes i'm writing I, <laughs> i can i can see that you're you're practicing it so you're you're way above that man <laughs> yeah it needs to be sustainable yeah, so yeah, yeah. the things most of the diet plans most of the yeah. workout plans which you find yeah the reason you don't follow is because you don't know the why yeah yeah and then once you have a goal like let's say pranav is running every day 5 kilometers every day yeah. but if he signs up for a marathon 6 months later even if he does the same training he will have better results yeah, yeah yeah and there is a lot of science behind it and there is a social factor that he he will know that oh janesh is also going to be there yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. got a, <laughs> i got to do better than him so so what's your what's your why now uh, harsh like like i know you spoke about how you have these initiatives that are running in your head and i can see that it's building in your head so got you towards sustainability and what is what are your plans there so when i started traveling in the himalayas i could see the first hand effects of climate change devastations happening i saw some flash floods black back then i didn't know what are flash floods or cloudbursts and i would be like why are people fretting about it but when i used to go as a part of some relief efforts or just when i saw the losses i saw how these people are on the forefront of a battle with climate change and yeah i was into impact tourism like mm-hmm. sustainable tourism and experiencing stuff in a more fun local way while keeping our carbon footprint to the minimum so that is when i had these lessons and i wanted to support some cause which i care about while climbing everest something which i can relate to and something which is also the need of the hour so i saw that one of the sustainable development goals renewable energy can help us on a lot of issues not just on the environmental front but also on the socio economic front because people who don't have access to electricity lose 12 hours of their lives every day in fact i recently realized even during the day they live in darkness because huts don't have windows mm-hmm. right now when i go to electrify villages then i see that there are villages within 3 hours from mumbai where people have to hike 2 hours one way to fill two pots of water two pots of drinking water we have a lot of water around mumbai but since they live in hilly areas uh, so and then through solar power we are able to uplift their lives 
first i used to feel a little embarrassed that i'm talking about electrifying villages and what i'm doing is just distributing two three bulbs solar powered bulbs but when i see the happiness on their face because it has a radio station and a usb charging and that's the source of entertainment and education for him and they don't even have torches they cannot afford one and they sometimes use lantern one village i recently visited lives in darkness they stopped using lantern because once someone dropped a lantern in their house Fine. and the entire village was burned down and they had to rebuild it those had a lot of realizations brought into me that how privileged we are and i would want to champion that cause and that is why my expedition was completely solar powered uh, we carried solar panels out there which we used for those two months and then we donated it out there since bringing it back um, would make no sense yeah. it would add yeah. to the carbon footprint and the purpose of it was to electrify and empower people but it's not just this then when i visited these villages with some other engineers i saw they gave the idea like now we have done it in a lot of villages installed a solar powered water pump at that water stream or water body which is 1 and 1/2 2 kilometers away and uplifted the water till the center of the village so they get drinking water and not just that but also water for irrigation so farmers don't have to migrate similarly we have a lot of transformational stories and that is one cause one of the causes which i care about similarly animal so, uh, harsha we have another water enthusiast on the call so janesh also runs something very similar he makes water from thin air and that's what he has been doing oh wow water yeah. from thin air that yeah, yeah we have we have a lot to, we have a lot to catch about and and i like the fact that you spoke about how water is so important in the hills as well because we're working with communities where um so basically our product is is a is a is a solar powered product that makes water from the air so oh. yeah. so um yeah it is it is very interesting and i and i completely you know resonate with all the stories that you're telling me that so you should probably take harsha on your desert trips and yeah yeah for sure <laughs> oh desert trips so my first trekking expedition was not in the himalayas it was a desert trekking expedition in rajasthan near jaisalmer oh nice nice <laughs> interesting a lot of synergies between you know the causes we you're fighting for and ideologies we have and uh, and you know so so, so i would like that, to finish yeah. about the yeah. cause that what's next is that today i'm not worried about any personal financial gain or doing anything average or a little above average but since i got so much potential and opportunities i would want to use it to create some more impact and also build some career capital because i want to be in those leadership positions where i can send 100 people to everest or i decide that this small town kid is going to climb everest or going to go abroad for higher education or going to get a job so now i'm working on those stuff bringing my lessons to the business side of things uh, helping people uh, with my experiences and perspective from the himalayas and since uh, i have a knack for business and marketing as well i think i might do something good in sustainability tech or healthcare tech or maybe just social impact space and for now i'm just applying for scholarships in the us uh, another dream which i have is to just go to one of the top 10 b schools on earth 
to just uh, motivate the boring audience out there to go <laughs> climb in the himalayas and just work out a little more because all you have to do is send someone for a trek even a small mountain and they'll come back as a nature lover and much more responsible and much better business leader as well because when you are out there and you have to walk 100 meters to fill one bottle of water and you have to wash your plates in that freezing water or when you have to live with the minimum what you can carry on your backpack and hardly a headlamp and you are still happier when you are sleeping on a stone or on a slanting meadow or something and still sleeping better than your fancy 8 inch bed in an air conditioned room you will just come back as a different transformed individual and you when you experience that beauty you will never very irresponsible yeah. even in the urban environments you will be a climate change activist or an environment lover which i think is good enough like as yeah. many people as i can transform so i'm working on these missions and trying to figure out like but if nothing works out i'm sure that recently i was at the google office and i was telling them and many of these organizations invite me as a speaker to to share my lessons and i tell them that hey actually i would want to take up a job and <laughs> i am serious and they are like there's no way that we are giving you a job because they see my social media and see the rosy picture it's not so rosy yeah. and when i returned from everest my mom asked me i told her that hey i am planning to take up a job because it would help me uh, make the most of my yeah. mb like relate yeah. to the experience and she was like okay beta tujhe to fir kitna 30000 milega <laughs> I was so happy कि और क्या चाहिए कि माँ बाप एक्सपेक्टेशन नहीं रख रहे और मैंने सोचा कि कितना मिलेगा पचास एंड आई टोल्ड इट टू माई फंड मैनेजर एंड ही लाव ओके ग्रेट ग्रेट बिकॉज आई एम नॉट मेकिंग अ लॉट ऑफ मनी बट आई एटलीस्ट गेट दो पर्सनल ब्रांड और सोशल मीडिया एंड या क्योंकि मैं छह सात साल पहले जो जो जगह इंटर्नशिप का सोचता था और I didn't know what's internship. तो मेरे सिटी में मैकडोनल्ड भी नहीं था कैफे कॉफी डे था मैं वहां जाके पूछता था यार इंटर्नशिप मिलेगा क्या डिमांड में जाके सो एंड टूडे माई फ्रेंड्स मीट मी दे हर्ष देखो याद है तू कितना नर्वस था तू डीकेथलॉन में सोच रहा था कि तू भाग पाएगा कि नहीं और इंटरव्यू मिलेगा मिलेगा क्या एंड टूडे आई एम द एम्बेसडर फॉर ऑलमोस्ट एवरी ब्रांड विच ड्रीम ऑफ लाइक और Decathlon or a nutrition brand or anything, but I don't want my income to be based yeah. on fame yeah. because it can, it can make you do stuff which you are not doing for yeah. yourself. Yeah. So I don't enjoy that social media attention or those numbers because all this is temporary. Although I might yeah. make a few crores in next five years, more than what I would make in my entire life. But right now I'm not concerned about money. All I would need it. but for now for next 5 years i just want to invest in learning invest in building skills i have a network so i should never worry about survival but doing greater stuff so let's yes. see i will hopefully create an impact no it's you are, you all you already are man like and i love the fact how you how you beautifully put it that we're all trying to find that synergy with work and what our passion is and 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 um, you know just trying to find that balance for for all of us if you had a billboard and you had to say something what would it be it's out to the world to anyone 
Optimism is underrated. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. If you had to host a podcast, who would your ideal guest be, and who's your source of inspiration? Who do you want to have a conversation with one on one? Not a date. Would be Nims Dai because I, I <laughs> he speaks and uh, I've spent some time with him, and he is actually that cool. He has that vibe that anyone around him would feel pumped. And the things which he's doing, like he's yeah. the one who got attention to mountain yeah. because of him. Uh, Asians, people of color like us, are also being looked upon. Mountaineering as a sport, Himalayas is being looked up upon. So yeah, Nims would be one of those guys. But m- rest others might not be athletes, but business leaders because I think it's the same thing. And that is why they come and do triathlons after the age of forty, after they get one heart attack or have an obesity <laughs> history. is because they have that transformational journey and they then show the same productivity discipline and consistency here and why i am going back to business school the reverse way is to go in that crowd and you might understand it better than me or anyone pranab since you have been a professional athlete which even i have not experienced that the discipline which we bring to the table and we at least i have learned how to learn anything anyone can do anything but are you ready to put in the work and now sometimes i tell people that okay if i want to go to the moon i can but no i don't want to spend next 15 years studying science and trying to get into nasa but for some people it might be worth so yeah it's all about consistency and finding your why Absolutely. i keep on repeating this uh, that if you find the why you will overcome anyhow Absolutely, and we resonate. This Janesh is a national level rower himself, yeah. and and so a lot of sports athletes and also so you guys athletes. are doing the real thing. I I am <laughs> just a recreational athlete. Yeah, you're too humble, Harsh. And um, uh, what are the books you're reading, and what do you recommend for us and uh, for the audience? Out there? Yeah, Bhagavad Gita. I haven't finished oh, it. Tell I'm me about it. Yes, <laughs> but I try to read. Ten pages before going to bed every now and then because I have heard that everything in life is the same thing, the same circle. So just read any version of it. Atomic Habits, one book I heard recently, and I think everyone should read Atomic Habits, Psychology of Money, so that. Oh, I need to get to that. I was, I was. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. just get audio books of these these yeah. are three four hour audio books yeah. so in a week of running you can finish yeah. one your book uh yeah psychology of money atomic habit should be good enough and start with why simon sinek uh, i i don't know if i have read that book but it's on my list since a while yeah so these three books should be good enough and bhagavad gita if you want to so you repeated what is on my shelf uh, so <laughs> i'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page here, but uh, I'm going to send you a lot of other books which I'm trying to read and probably uh, get onto it. So, Harsh, thank you so much for your time and humbled with your conversation, and more power to you. And uh, you have achieved most uh, what most would have even dreamt of, right? So, uh, thanks for your time once again. And I'm just getting started. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, thank you to you guys and the listeners for investing. their valuable time in us or trusting us with the same i hope it added some value to their life and nothing would make me happier than listening to someone going for a run or a hike maybe their first one 
after this conversation absolutely and thank you so much thank you for listening to the 30 minute hustle podcast you can follow us on instagram for all our latest updates until next time signing off this is pranab and my co-host janish